1: So subscribe today
2: at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL.
0: This is Access Atlanta. Every week we share some of the best places to eat, play, and live out loud in the ATL. And of course, we go behind the scenes and find the stories that show Atlanta is one of a kind. For the arts and entertainment, both locally and nationally, it's been a tough year. We miss going to concerts. Touring companies of Broadway hits have shut down their road shows. Even the movie and TV industry have felt the impact as production became both more expensive and more difficult. Will 2021 be a better year for entertainment? For a glimpse of what's coming in 2021, arts and entertainment writers at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution have provided a roundup of upcoming shows and events, big and small, live and virtual. Check out last week's podcast for a look at local arts events and organizations. This week, we'll take a look at entertainment options with Melissa Ruggieri and Rodney Ho. Welcome, Melissa.
1: Hello. Happy, happy 2021.
0: (laughs) Uh, And and welcome, Rodney. Yeah, it's it's
2: been a very quiet 2021 so far. I I, I hope (laughs) it continues.
0: Well, um, you know, things haven't changed too much as far as the entertainment options have go, but, but things, you know, there are signs of hope. Let's start with um, music, Melissa. Um, What did you find that uh, is still on the schedule?
1: Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's
2: the end of the podcast. Good
1: night, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for coming. (laughs) Please tip your waiters. You know, Everybody I've talked to, I just did a story last week where I checked in with some of my music industry people uh, who work on a more national level, and they all indicated that June looks like the possible possibility (laughs) Right at at this point. There's really nothing we're going to see in the next few months because we're still in the same situation that we've been in since last March as far as the pandemic and with the vaccine rollout. As slow as it's been, they're actually starting to get a little concerned that June might not even be possible because you know, the the general feeling is that once the vaccine is available on a widespread basis, that more people are gonna feel more confident about going out and being among other people. That said, I know that the amphitheaters in particular feel like they have the best advantage to what is gonna be possible since they are outside. They do have you know the type of seating that they could sell in four seats to a row or you know blocks like the stadiums were doing for football this this past season. So I think we're going to see a bit of that, but honestly at this point no one has been ready to jump ahead and say okay yeah we're definitely doing this you know some there is a show there are some shows that are scheduled at state farm for earlier this year that haven't been canceled or postponed yet but i think it's pretty inevitable that we're going to see them get rolled again which is really unfortunate because it's it's unfortunate for everybody involved <laughs> you know even right. even the ticket holders who have either been holding on to their tickets or have gotten refunds and then repurchased them when they went back on sale and and it's just this game that involves so many people um, one thing, one person I talked to recently, Charlie Brusco, he's um, the Atlanta president of Red Light Management, and one of the bands he manages is Poison. And Poison was supposed to be going on that big tour last summer with Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Joan Jett. And they were playing all baseball stadiums, essentially. I think there may have been one or two football stadiums in there. So obviously that got postponed and it's supposed to kick off again this coming summer. I believe it's in June in Nashville. And, you know, like he said to me, look, it's really going to depend what major league baseball is going to do, because if they're not going to allow a full house of fans, they're certainly not going to say to us, Hey, you could bring in 40,000 people to a concert, but we're only allowing eight in for a baseball game. And they kind of need to wait and see now what the sports industry is going to do for the spring. And, you know, based on that, and also, they need to make that decision fairly soon because mounting a large-scale stadium, you can't just push the button in May and say, OK, we'll see you in two weeks, right. guys. This is something that needs to be decided probably within you know the next month or six weeks. So we'll, we'll know more by early spring, uh, late winter of what the prognosis is going to be. But I, I will definitely tell you, don't get hopeful at all until June is the target that I think is is kind of the moving target right now.
0: Right. Yeah so it's it looks like it's sort of a wait and see thing even with the outdoor venues that you know you would think would be able to accommodate some of this stuff but you know the logistics of it and plus i guess you know with with smaller audiences there's less revenue coming in and and they have to decide is it worth
1: correct it? and some of our smaller venues the you know the local independent venues really have hibernated for the winter right now because it's not sure. worth it for them to turn the lights on. And that's the decision that they had to make because the other, the you know, if you're somebody who's booking a tour, if you're, if you're a manager and you're looking at your artists, you know, three months of availability that they have to put on the road. Well, what happens when you can't go to Los Angeles you can't play in San Francisco you can't play in New York because of virus restrictions and because it's bad there and you know you can't go to Illinois Chicago and you can't play all these major cities right now and then also are you going to you know book a tour that oh okay you could play Nashville but you can't play Memphis because it's a different county in Tennessee and the county has a different rule than the other county does, and right. it's just it's just such a headache that a lot of them are still just kind of going. You know what? We're just going to wait until things are as normal as they're going to get in this new reality that we live in, <laughs> and and do it right. that way because it, it doesn't make sense. And then right, the artist will have to decide: Am I willing to take a pay cut? You know, if you're Dave Matthews and you know that you could play at Lakewood for you know eight thousand people instead of twenty thousand, if you say you play solo acoustic, not even with the band you know, are you willing to take a pay cut of 60% to, to do that? And someone like him, perhaps, because he can afford to and yeah. probably really would just like to play for people. Some of these smaller artists and up-and-coming artists, this is their livelihood, you know, being on the road because we all know what the record industry is like as far as making any money, for, you know, for artists. So, right. you know, that that's it, it's, it's not a good situation. Fortunately, the Save Our Stages Act is part of the new stimulus bill. But um, from what I just heard from one of the venue guys the other day is that they haven't even received the applications yet to apply for any type of, you know, government help and they're probably not going to receive them for the next four to six weeks. So that means it's not going to be till end of February that they get the application. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking April, maybe that your venues like like an Eddie's attic or red clay foundry or center stage that level, you know, smith's bar. That they might even be eligible to get some kind of government assistance, which they've been begging for for the past nine months because they've had zero revenue, unlike at least as bad as the restaurant industries had it. They can do some stuff. (laughs) You know, they can they can serve takeout and curbside and whatever concert industry you you don't have people allowed in your building <laughs> you don't have a show and and it's it's really you know we know it's unprecedented we know there's no blueprint of what to do but it as this drags on it's just getting more and more dire and you know I hope I hope people do realize that once these places open we really need to support them because of all that they've lost you know this past almost year now
0: right yeah, it's 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 really tough on the music industry. There's just, you know, no way around it. It's it's kind of sad. But I mean, there are people who are playing occasionally. I know that I saw something about Blackberry Smoke was doing some shows mm-hmm. here and there. Mm-hmm. I think I think they might be acoustic shows, mm-hmm. um, and, not even not necessarily here, right. but I know I've seen reports of them doing them.
1: And there are some bands, you know, I talked to Ed Roll in the Collective Soul a week or so ago and they played their first shows back since March. I mean, they played March 2nd at the Ryman and their stuff was then put in storage and they hadn't touched it until <laughs> they went to, they went right. to Florida the last couple days of the year to play in uh, Clearwater. And then they did a new year's Eve show in Kissimmee. And, you know, Ed said, look, I, I, I was really honestly nervous about, are we doing the right thing? Is, is this the responsible thing to do? But, you know, they were playing in a place that has virtually no restrictions. And he said, but even with that, he was pleased to see that they were following protocols that, you know, the band had requested things like, you know, people, anybody backstage had to wear a mask and you know, limited number of people backstage and stuff like that. And that all went along fine. And they only sold about a thousand tickets to Ruth Eckerd Hall, which holds about 3000. So, you know, he said, even though it was a little weird, you know, as, as a singer to look out there and see you know, not, not a, a fairly sparse crowd. He said, once they started playing, people were so into it that, that you kind of forgot that there was something, you know, that there was a pandemic, you know, that people were able to lose themselves and they kept their masks on the whole show. He, he said he was very happy about that because he told them it was okay to. And, and that's a, that's an important point that he wanted to make too, that if the artist is up there saying, Hey, you know, the guys up here have them on, you know, when we're not singing or whatever, please keep yours on as well, that that's actually going to help people to get the message across. But yeah, it, it's, it, You know, I mean, it's it's one of those things that you don't want to sit on your couch if you're a musician for the next six months because you've been doing it for so long. And how many albums can Taylor Swift write (laughs) and and stuff like that? But also, you know, everybody has to make their their own decision of how comfortable they feel. I mean, I got some feedback on that story from people who were like, "Ah, good for them. You know, it's up to everybody. Everybody has a choice of what they want to do. And then I had you know other people say this is not the right move, because if you're giving the people the opportunity, of course, human nature is oh my God, I want to go to a show. And, you know, you're going to go and then look at the situation we're in, you know, as a a country health-wise with, you know, the pandemic just raging. So, you know, some people felt it was a little irresponsible. So, you know, as with everything, no one's going to be on the right side of the argument.
0: (laughs) Right. And and I mean, right now at at this point, I guess it's, it's a lot of wait and see with, you know, the vaccine, with, Um, you know, the just the trajectory of the virus, what what happens, and and all that, and I guess you know maybe once the weather starts to warm up again, maybe there's as probably more possibility of outdoor shows. But, yeah.
1: Uh, I mean, the out- outdoor shows in the sense of the organized stuff, again, like a Chastain or a Solaris amphitheater at Woods, places like that. I-, I know Charlie Brusco said that, you know, none of the artists he manages have any interest in doing those drive-in shows like they did in the fall with a couple artists like Jason Isbell and the Indigo Girls. And even though, you know, I went to them, they were fine. We talked about them in another podcast and, you know, but like he said to to a lot of the you know the people he represents, they don't feel like that's going to be sufficient for either side. That they're the you know the artist isn't right. going to get enough out of it, and the audience is going to feel you know like they're not getting a full experience either. So, you know, they would rather just wait until they don't have to do that. But you know, I mean, that there are a ton of rescheduled shows. Like I said, that that Motley Crue stadium show is supposed to be back at Truist Park in the summer in August. Um, James Taylor and Jackson Brown had rescheduled to Infinite Energy for June 29th. Reva McIntyre is supposed to be back at infinite energy, July 22nd. Um, You you know, most of the other, the, the arena shows that have been rescheduled, like I said, are, you know, there are still some on there for earlier this year that have, they haven't yet said they're rescheduling them, but I, you know, I I think it's going to be tough, especially since the Hawks aren't even allowing anybody in until I think early February they announced the other day at state farm. So, you know, we're just, we're just going to have to wait and see, but, unfortunately (laughs) the the goalposts keep moving because i think in the summer everybody felt that okay sure by next spring early next spring february march you know this will this will all be fine and then you know as september october rolls around you kind of go yeah i'm not sure this is going to (laughs) happen now we're in now we're in mid-january and you look toward you know may and june and this is when you're going well this is really when I hope this happens. And the same with Broadway shows that you mentioned. Um, the Fox also really doesn't see itself opening until the summer because, you know, all those all those touring Broadway shows, they have to – it has to be – Alan, uh, the CEO at The Fox, you know, had a great comment about it that the entertainment industry is an ecosystem and everybody has to be – breathing and moving at a hundred percent for everything to work because you yeah. can't send mean girls out on the road. And, you know, again, it's sort of like, Oh, well we can, we can route you through Richmond and we can route you through Austin, but you can't come to Atlanta yet. So then we're going to reroute you to Las Vegas. You know, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't work like that. That's And, and as, if, if you don't understand how the industry works, you might be saying they're going, well, why can't they just come play here if, if our places are open? No, because it doesn't make any financial sense to do that. Right. There you go. Yeah. So it, it has to be a collective sigh of relief that everything is ready to go <laughs> before I think you're going yeah. to see anything for real. That said, and Rodney, I promise I'm going to shut up in a second. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
2: no worries. Fascinating. <laughs> Rodney's
1: like, "What am I still here?" Uh, I took my dog for a walk. Um, the you know there, there have been a ton of albums that have been made during this quarantine period, as we saw with Taylor, Taylor Swift over the last six months of 2020, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that this year as they start to roll out. We you know we're already seeing. Things, you know, that are that have already been scheduled to come out, like the Foo Fighters album is coming out February 5th, Medicine at Midnight. Um, Loretta Lynn has her 50th, 50th studio album yeah. coming out March 19th. And she wants, you know, it's a celebration of women in country music. She duets with Margot Price and Reba and Carrie and. Uh, It's called Still Woman Enough. And Sting was supposed to release his duets album last year because he had a Vegas residency that was going to tie into. That's been postponed until March 19th because his Vegas residency is now scheduled to start in May at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. And then, you know, Weezer has got something coming out May 7th called Van Weezer. It's, uh, it's It's their rock guitar album, which they have named sort of in tribute to Eddie Van Halen. Even they were always calling a Van Weezer, but they decided after Eddie, unfortunately, and surprisingly and shockingly passed in October, that it was going to be, you know, uh, dedicated to his memory, actually. So, so you know, there, there'll certainly be no shortage of things to listen to if you put your headphones on and or if you're in the car. But as far as going to stuff, I think we have just a little bit of wait.
0: Yeah. So stay home, listen to albums, <laughs> and, and, you be know, safe. or stream or... Whatever you want to do. But, and, and, uh, you know, as we find out about these things, Melissa will keep everyone updated on the Atlanta Music Scene blog. So you can always check that um, to find out when we find yes. out. So. Well, on to um, film. Um, Rodney, you talked a little bit about uh, some of the film events that are supposed to happen. Um, and we'll see. Also, uh, I just wanted to ask you about, you know, Production and stuff like that. You've done some stories about, uh, you know, Tyler Perry in particular doing, you know, ramping up production again, and, and what that takes.
2: I mean, the reality is, most, you know, we're back in, you know, all the studios are back in full production. Obviously, uh, they're slimmed down crews. Not as many people are working. It's probably costing them more money. It's probably taking them longer. But, uh, you know, movies and TV shows are all being shot right now. Everything is in order on that front. It's just, you know, obviously they're not going to do stadium shots and there won't be as many scenes in restaurants, not as many extras are being used. But, you know, a lot of these TV shows are acting as if the pandemic never happened. So they have to, you know, work in a way that, you know, these actors have to be stuck in these little pods and, you know, they take their masks off right before the scene starts. And, put them right back on afterwards.
0: Right. Yeah, it's really interesting to watch TV now and, and, you know, know that these things were shot during, you know, during this time. And, you know, there's, it's it's like nothing is happening in the outside world. It's it's I, I, it's kind of fascinating because you do think about that when you see them.
2: Yeah, no, you know, I, I was watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. They're, they're acting as if the pandemic never happened. Their world, it, it never did. So they have to keep going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um yeah. so uh but you know for the poor movie theaters i mean they they are they are struggling uh you know regal isn 't even open right now they they 're just they just threw in the towel and said you know we 're just going to wait until this pandemic 's over <laughs> so we can actually you know because right now you know the few movie theaters that are open, attendance is probably a mere fraction, maybe ten percent of normal you know attendance it's it 's right. really sad, uh which is you know look at Wonder Woman. 1984, which came out on Christmas simultaneously, uh, you know, on streaming, you know, on HBO, as I think it was HBO Max, right, and as well as theaters. And so far, it's it's garnered 30 million dollars or so in the theaters in the United States, 30 million, which wow. is not that much for a movie yeah. like Wonder Woman. So obviously, yeah. most of the people watched Wonder Woman on HBO Max, uh, right. so.
0: I mean, you know, they. I guess I'm guessing that that you know these these outlets have to pay them something up front to to help offset the cost. Um yeah,
2: I mean, it's, yes, correct. I mean, coming to America, for instance, uh, the the sequel uh, was supposed to come out in December. Uh, Amazon ended up spending like 120 million dollars just to have the rights to it, but they're not going to make as much money as they probably would have in the theaters. It's going to come out in March, uh, March 5th right. on Amazon Prime. Uh, coming right. to america which is probably one of the most anticipated movies in the near future i think people are hungering for nostalgia and and the buzz in that movie is very high i don't know whether the movie's any good um, There's just a lot of anticipation and it could be a lot of disappointment for that type of movie but right now everybody wants to see coming to america right now so i'm sure it's going to get a lot of eyeballs on amazon prime uh, but yeah. but yeah as we know a ton of films from 20 20 were pushed back into 2021, uh, you know, quite a lot of sequels like A Quiet Place 2 uh, will, you know, supposed to come out later. No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, which got, has gotten pushed back multiple times. Uh, and that's supposed to come out in April. And given, you know, how this pandemic is rolling, they may push that back again. I don't know. It's supposed to come out in early April. Uh, so kind of like, uh, you know, with Melissa, you know, there's a lot of guesswork going on here. Uh, with the movie, uh, with the movie folks, uh, in terms of whether they're going to release what when, it- it's a bit of a mess. And
1: you know, there, there's another, there's another issue at play there too, Rodney. I think, um, somewhat in the concert industry as well, but I think particularly with movies is once they are open, once Regal opens, once everything's you know returned getting people back in the theaters who have now been trained to sit on their couches to watch stuff.
2: <laughs> it's going to take some time. Yeah, you're going to need some really big movies that have, you know, only the uh, probably the, uh, you know, the movies that, you, you know, rom-com or something may not may have a tougher time for people to go. Um, but, you know, there's also, you know, the, the potential that people want to get out. You know, like you said, there's going to be a lot of pent-up demand for concerts. I mean, I, heck, I, right now, I, I'd be happy to go see Creed. I'm so desperate to watch a concert <laughs> oh. live, I mean, I'd be, you know, I, I don't, you know, that maybe people will, you know, at least in, in the short term, I think that people may want to want to go and just go, you know? Right, right. Uh, so we'll have to see whether that's going to be the case. You know, we're going to lose some movie theaters along the way. I don't think some of them are going to make it. Uh, you know they're going to shut down a bunch of them because there won't be enough demand, you know, in, in the near term. It's going to take a while uh, for that to happen. So, uh, but there are so many movies that are scheduled that are sequels. Fast and Furious Nine. There's two Tom Cruise movies now. Um, you've got Top Gun Maverick, and you've got Mission Impossible Seven. I'm surprised he doesn't have Risky Business Two coming out. I, I don't know. It's all about Tom Cruise sequels. I, I don't really know. Plus, he, he's ageless. I mean, the guy doesn't age, so he could do Risky Business Two, I guess. You know. <laughs> The college years, I have no idea. Yeah, right now we've got Space Jam 2 also. So, I mean, the the number of sequels, of course, is comical, as we can imagine. Uh, You know, so the movie theaters, uh, you know, and HBO Max created a lot of controversy um, that's Warner Media by um, announcing that they were going to release all their movies, all 17 movies in the theaters and on their streaming service at the same time, which means you don't have to go to a movie theater to see Dune or Suicide Squad. Uh, even later in the year when hopefully this pandemic will be behind us they're 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 gonna release things at the same time on hbo max and of course a lot of the creators like the christopher nolans were very upset because a lot of the movie creators really want their theater their their movies in theaters and they don't want to kill the movie theaters so there, there there's been a lot of you know negative feedback toward warner media for making this move and we don't know what's gonna you know and right now that window between movie theaters you know releasing movies in a theater before t- taking it to video on, on demand and then and then elsewhere has shrunken and may disappear completely i don't know if that's going to you know they've kept that 90 day window for a long time you know you, mo- you you know the movie theaters would have a movie just for you know for 90 days and nobody else could get it and yeah. that may change and that definitely does not help the movie theaters
0: yeah that, i mean that's an interesting point it's like it, it's very probable that that this pandemic has changed some things permanently, right. like that. Yeah. Well, again,
2: I wouldn't want to be a movie theater owner. Yeah.
1: Right now. Well, they'll, they'll always have a customer in me because you know going to the movies since I was a teenager was always just sort of a sanctuary for me, and even as an adult, you know, it certainly, certainly has been. And I, I can't tell you, you know, how many things I've been watching on my couch. Where I, like, when like I haven't watched Wonder Woman yet because it just angers me that I have to watch it on my forty-two inch television instead of on the movie screen, <laughs> and and.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if some of the negative feedback does come from it not being that immersive right. experience you get in exactly. The theater. You know, there has
1: been- I, I thought that same thing. You know, like people who have yeah. said, "Yeah, it was okay," and I was like, "Yeah, was it okay?" Just because it wasn't the you know the full fledged THX Dolby sound you know experience. You
2: Look, know, I, nice. I watch Gravity in, a th- in on 3D. I can't imagine. You know, and I saw somebody say they saw it on on their 42 inch yeah. TV, and eh? you're like. Gravity cannot possibly right. be the same exactly. experience. Exactly, and, that, and
1: that's the thing. I mean, I know that, you know, the people who never go to the movies are sort of like, why would I put myself through that with, you know, the grossness of the theater and, you know, the people. Uh, yeah, and, and I get all that. But, I, and and I agree with it because believe me, since the advent of phones, it's not quite the enjoyable experience for me that it used to be because I, I want to, like, you know, smack everybody in there who has to check their Facebook feed in the middle of, you know, a drama because it's so <laughs> important. Um, but you know that that aside I'll try and go at weird times when I know I'm not going to be annoyed by people because yeah I mean it, it's there's something different about sitting in a dark room for two hours with the experience being the one thing that you can focus on rather than you know you're on your couch you know you have your phone or your laptop near you
2: and, and look a lot of people like the communal experience can you imagine watching coming to America in a in a, in a theater full of people and laughing at Eddie Murphy I mean that, that's <laughs> that's what you want to see you know laughing by yourself is fine but people are thirst for that communal experience and something like that people you know the the, the opening it's like the opening night of sex in the city you know C- movies i mean people went as a as an experience and they won't We're be able like to do that together. and you know they would have done that for coming to america i think there would have been a lot of group people would have come together to go see that, and we lo- yeah. we lost that. It's just sad.
0: Well, let's hope that we'll have more of those communal experiences as this year goes on, and and things. I hope start to. Look I guess that's kind
1: of. I guess that's kind of the the theme right now is, <laughs> our our, missi- our missing yeah. communal experiences in think? entertainment.
2: <laughs> I mean, heck, yeah, yeah. I mean, heck, we, yeah. we at the AJC. When are we g- going back to the office <laughs> at this point? Right. So it's gonna be a <laughs> yeah. while.
0: Yep, that's it's it's something that that a lot of people are uh, dealing with, too. So and I want to remind everyone that this this is sort of based on um, a story that we ran in our Sunday paper recently, uh, which you can still find online. um, In addition to Melissa and Rodney, our other writers, Bo Emerson and uh, Rosalind Bentley, along with our freelancer, Cynthia Perry, uh, wrote about events that are coming up. And there are some things that you can actually do, whether virtual or in person. Um, And you can find out all of that info on the website on our Things to Do page. So go and look for that uh, or look ahead at 2021. Um, Is there anything uh, you want to add, Melissa?
1: No, just you know, I, I I certainly have my complaints over the years of what going to concerts entails, as far as you know, crowd behavior and things like that. But at this very moment, I would relish it.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah we'll, we'll go to that Creed concert, right? We'll go together.
1: All right. Well, thank you both so much. Thanks, Rodney, and thank
0: you, Melissa, for uh, talking about this. And uh, it, you know, go to ajc.com to keep up with all the latest. And and if anything does happen in 2021. We will let you know. There's nothing normal about our new normal, but AJC.com is the same trusted source you've always had, and we have just as much great content, if not more. That's why each week I'll highlight my personal picks for the best things to do, see, and experience, and the stories are easy to find on AJC.com. An eight-year relationship with Oprah Winfrey's OWN network is coming to an end for Tyler Perry with the eighth and final season of the popular drama The Haves and the Have-Nots. The soap, which focused on the battles between two wealthy Savannah families, will end in May and conclude with 196 episodes over eight years since its debut in 2013 as OWN's first new scripted series. Rodney Ho has the story, which you can read on his radio and TV talk blog at AJC.com. The Atlanta Music Project, a nonprofit that provides free instruments, instruction, and music education for underserved children, just missed winning a $500,000 prize for innovative music educators, reports the AJC's Bo Emerson. It was announced earlier this week that AMP was not among the four winners of the Accelerator Award, the top prize offered to music educators by Miami-based philanthropy, the Lewis Prize for Music. They did, however, get a consolation prize of $50,000. Find out more on AJC.com. To celebrate the 30th anniversary of the Black Crows present Shake Your Money Maker, the Atlanta Reared Band will unveil a multi-format re-release in February. Band founders and brothers Chris and Rich Robinson nurtured the project with original producer George Draculius. Among the offerings arriving February 26 are a four LP and three CD super deluxe version, which includes the original album in remastered form, Three previously unreleased studio recordings, two unreleased demos from the band's early Mr. Crow's Garden incarnation, and a 14 song unreleased concert recorded in Atlanta in 1990. Get all the details on Melissa Ruggieri's Atlanta Music Scene blog. The AJC's dining team continues to explore some of the best in takeout with the Atlanta Orders In feature, which you'll find in print in the living section most weekdays. One of the places they recently visited is Girl Diver, owned by Richard Tang, the owner of Char Korean Bar and Grill in Inman Park. The son of a Chinese father and a Vietnamese chef mother, Tang's restaurants are known as fun, often irreverent destinations where having a good time is as important as the food. And he's usually at the center of the festivities. However, early in the pandemic, Tang let his employees run char while he quarantined with his family for some 90 days. Tang used the seclusion to work on recipes for Girl Diver, his new Cajun Meets Asian restaurant, which soft opened in mid-December. Read up on all the places the team has visited on the Atlanta Restaurant Scene blog at AJC.com. To get the AJC delivered or to subscribe to the e-paper, go to AJC.com slash subscribe.